Hey there. Thanks for joining me on Comedy Masterclass, where I interview creators about the craft of writing comedy. Today, I am super excited to have Zanandi Botez with me, who I first came across on Twitter. I found some of her really fun crack.com articles about some of my favorite comedy shows, comedy performers, and I would literally start yelling at my phone in agreement with her. So I knew I had to have her on the show. But Zanandi, before we dive in, is there anything else that people should know about you and your connections to creating comedy? Gosh, it all happened so suddenly, really. Like I used to um, study drama in college and like started experimenting with comedy. But then for years, I wrote like television series for our local broadcasts that are here in South Africa. And um, I I didn't do any comedy for a long time. And then crack just kind of happened. And I was like, hmm, fun. And from there, yeah, I got some interesting gigs. Like I worked for a satire site called bunnyears.com. I ended up doing a, um, a Trailer Park Boys comic book story, which was fascinating and so much fun. Like I kind of like doing comedy comics too. That's great. So yeah, I'm just always like in the search of what's new, what what can be done in terms of creating fun comedy, like literature, uh, films even. Yeah, I'm just all about the comedy and the horror, of course. Comedy horror, great little genre that I'm sure we'll be discussing in this podcast. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that. And let's start right there, because I know that you uh, write about comedy horror, and I love that you do. And I have a bit of a vested interest, because I'm currently working on a novel, a young adult novel. And it's like I've got a little tinge of horror in Act One, and then it merges a bit more into the kind of more com side of the rom-com but it's much more com than rom so I'm fascinated by those genres how they fit together and you've got such a great insight into those genres why do you think they work so well together and what interests you about them yeah I've said I think comedy and horror is like cousins um I think mainly because both genres are all about subverting expectations um I think like with horror you've got the the this twist and the shock value that makes people feel a certain way. And with comedy, it's kind of the same thing. You kind of want to bowl people over with like an unexpected joke that makes them laugh instead of <laughs> be terrified. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think those two play so well together. Like, um, yeah, I mean, we just love comedy horror. It's, it's such a fun thing to balance too, like between being like, you know, suspenseful and terrifying and then, being suspenseful and kind of almost like sometimes if it, it can be anticlimactic, uh, the punchline, or just like an absolute twist on something you usually know or the norm uh, that just makes you think about it differently and makes you laugh, of course, like the silliness of it. I think horror can have a lot of silly in it. Uh, mm. Comedy obviously works well with uh, uh, silly vibes and camp vibes. And I think there's just a lot of... Uh, crossover with the two subgenres that just make them work well together. Yeah, I totally agree. And you're probably sport for choice, but have you got any favorites? You can say more than one. Oh gosh. Uh yeah, I think like modern uh, some of my favorite modern comedy horrors. I love Werewolves Within. Uh Josh Rubin's Werewolves Within is a great comedy horror. Um stuff like Wolf of Snow Hollow that's almost a bit satirical in nature because I love my satire too. 
Um, yeah, there's actually so many. Uh, I'm a Scream mm -hmm. fan, but maybe just because like I grew up in the 90s, you know, mm -hmm. um, diehard Scream fan. What about you? What comedy horrors do you like prefer? Oh, my goodness. I think I'm a little bit of a wimp when it comes to them. So, for example, I really like I like them when it's in like the zombie end. I like werewolves too, but I love the zombie like horror nice. comedy end. So I really liked um, Life After Beth, which I would oh, say is love. Light, yeah, <laughs> l light horror, <laughs> more sort of squirmy. <laughs> that was my sort of wussy end of the scale. Oh, no, but I love that. I think, yeah, like the Simon Pig like movies, mm. comedy horrors, they yeah. also fall into that. Oh, they're great yes. fun. And I, I love that also because it's almost more accessible, I, I think, for a wider audience, that type of comedy horror. Because, again, people who are a bit squirmish or, you know, don't come for, like, the gore and the, like, terrifying, that's a nice little sweet spot to kind of, like, get everyone involved and enjoying some good fun. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. And um, I wanted to ask you about tropes. You mentioned the Scream films, but you might have uh, any number of films you'd love to refer to. What are some tropes in comedy? It could be straight comedy, it could be ho comedy horror that you really love or conversely that you think are pretty outdated and people are still using and they really annoy you? Oh, wow. That is a good question. Careful question, Danielle. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> They're my favorite. <laughs> Tropes, yeah, let's think about tropes. Um, yeah, I do like um, the, the whodunit tropes. Like, they're always mm. fun. Kind of, um, you know, try to be very on point. Red herrings try to lead you to a certain way just to pull you back. Like, oh, gosh, I never saw that coming. I think that never that'll never get old. If done right, of course, which I think is a skill. Um, I myself have never tried <laughs> writing anything like that. Uh, maybe one day. Um, yeah, tropes I don't appreciate. Gosh, I can't really think of any right now. Is there anything that um, comes to mind for you? Yeah, well, I, I'll ask you a sort of slightly more general question around it, which is women in comedy and portrayals of women in comedy. So I know that's quite broad, but there are some um, things that do irritate me or that I would like to see balanced out a little bit when it comes to women in comedy films and the kind of roles that are written for them yeah that is true I think that there's a bit there's been a lot of conversation lately around you know like having strong female characters um but then at the same time kind of getting bored with it in a way I think it's like giving them fresh angles like mm. I mean we all loved bridesmaids, but I don't want to see another like woman in a bakery in a comedy. You know, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. uh, uh, like uh, I think about Maggie Gyllenhaal in uh, uh, Stranger mm. Than Fiction, also you know, with oh the my god, bakery, I love that film. And love that yeah. film. But I think we've had enough of like the women, mm -hmm. like you know, baking and whatever. Um, those little things give me like women in strange careers, careers we haven't seen mm. before. You know. Um, off the top of my head, I can't really think of any right now. I don't no. know, a female firefighter or something mm. like, you know. Um, yeah, I think like occupation wise, maybe, yeah, we're, we're in for some. Give us, give us an interesting like scenario where a mm. woman is like, yeah, finding herself in an occupation that is wildly different from anything we've seen and let the jokes play out. I would love to see that too. Because I think the same is true of rom-coms sometimes. Like I know that they're 
the in the genre, there can be great comfort for people in some of the predictability of it. And I think there have been interesting things that have been done like with some of the diversity and gender roles in rom-coms. But still, when we look at like professions and context, it's like still another coffee shop scene, like still another two people in an office scene. There's so many fun opportunities that could be explored. So I like you coming at it with occupation. I think that's a, a fun angle. Yeah, I think that's kind of also a thing that started irking people when, you know, we started doing, listen, I love the like Ghostbusters remake. I think mm. it was 2016 Ghost. I thought it was very fun. I love all the actresses in it. And I thought they did great. It was very entertaining for me. But then we started having the all-female Ocean's Eleven movie. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, can we can we give them their own like stories and not just put them in like the male roles with the male occupations and you know what I'm saying? Like just, 100%. yeah, come at a fresh angle, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, that's 100%. Again, I just have the urge to shout, yes, at my screen, yeah. but I'll try not to <laughs> blow the mic out <laughs> because it's exactly the same thing that was in my brain. I also think there were some fantastic actresses in those films and loads of great writing, but also some frustration at being like, let's remake this with women. <laughs> let's have yeah. the women characters trying to be even more guysy than the guys. And that's where the joke it's like almost taking the same blueprint and putting women in it and that's what's funny it's like but there's so many other angles 100 percent. i mean i think bridesmaid did that so well where you had the whole food poisoning scene whilst they were in their bridal like attire Mm. and i mean that was so fresh because yes that is like you know a situation where women being like you know putting on like bridal dresses and whatever uh, but then having this terribly gross out experience like that was a fresh thing that was taking a, a trope that we usually saw only guys get to play on screen giving it to women but giving it to them in their own situation that is more relevant mm. to them you know yeah I like that <laughs> yeah no I love that and I know it's really subjective and also hard to choose from the plethora of them. But are there any, um, if you had to pick just two or three comedic characters that you absolutely love, do you know what would come to top of mind? Whether from series or films? Jason Statham in Spy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, he's just, yeah. His character in Spy was really revolutionary, honestly. (laughs) I think none of us expected that from him. None of us expected any filmmaker to like put him in that situation. It was just really brilliant. Um, I'm thinking about comedies. Oh, I have my cats here. Oh no. Hi cats. Oh <laughs> no, hi. they're welcome. Hello. <laughs> that <laughs> we love never happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, comedy characters. I'm thinking I watch so many movies and I so know. many shows. Oh, Barry in Barry is also brilliant. <gasps> Noah Hank in Barry is fantastic. Oh. Like I want a Noah Hank fashion line. That needs to happen. Like he's just such a great character um okay so again i'm like so suppressing that i should just yell yes at the screen (laughs) um because i really love jason statham in that film i was like i'm not the kind of person that generally quotes films a lot but i was insufferable after watching that film at doing very bad jason statham impressions (laughs) so and also just the other morning before i read your jason statham article i literally spent about a half an hour riffing with my husband on 
potential films to put Jason Statham in just so oh. I could see him do comedic acting. Because I, like, what about love if it was it. this combination? What if you paired it up with this? What if it was this? I just love him. So awesome. Yes. Oh, he's really good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, also I'm massive thinking- Barry fan. Right? Oh gosh. I mean, we're in the new season, final season now, and it's just a hoot, absolutely. I mean, and no, Hank is everything. What a fantastic character. And I mean, um, uh, what, uh, Anthony, Anthony Carrigan, I think is his name, the actor. I don't know. Yeah, I only know. Anthony his Carrigan. I've oh, I should know these things. <laughs> oh, don't worry. But, no, um, yeah. yeah, he's wonderful. He's just everything that comes out of his mouth. He's like, he's got this like fun camp vibe, but then also subtle acting. It's just really good from an actor, from an actor's point of view. Also, it's just fantastic. And what do you like about Barry? Because again, that was a show that when I started watching it in season one, I kept telling everyone to watch and people were like, ah. not that into it and I was like how can you not be into it it was like my favorite show I was absolutely obsessed so what is it that um you found great about it so I love dark comedy to begin with Mm. I think it's also the same reason why I'm also like comedy horror because I love my horror um dark comedy yeah it's just so delicious because it gives you so much you know I mean you laugh but then you're also like, what am I watching? You know, these people mm. are mad. It's, um, yeah, I think the show is just really good at, st- at taking its time. I mean, it's mm. it's short episodes, you know? It's like sitcom episodes. But still it manages to take its time with either a, a, a idea or a theme for an episode um, and, and takes its time with the actors. Sometimes we have scenes where, not a lot is even said, but what happens is so funny and so mm. diabolically funny. I think, you know, it, it kind of, dark comedy in a way gives you a bit of a whiplash. And I like that. I like watching stuff that makes me think differently or like puts another perspective to something that you know, just never seen it that way. Or like the character work in Barry is really what makes it. It's character mm. work. And I think, you know, using the whole stage and and theater like uh, a discipline and performances uh juxtaposing it to like the show that's really these character studies with these fascinating characters uh, who find themselves together it works so well i love when form and content marries like that's mm. yeah i've always loved that i think that's a, a sign of a good well-written solid piece of anything yeah so <laughs> That's a great way of putting it. And also, like, I 100% agree with you about the character work. And and also, you really put your finger on something with the amount of time that they take with things, too. Because as you were speaking, I could see so many scenes in my head where they take their time to such an, like, almost excruciating extent that it's brilliant. Like, I'm picturing Barry riding his moped or um i was thinking the same um, thing yeah motorbike yeah where it's like through all the cars and it's like just and you hear the buzzing of it and you see the people that are trying to shoot them and just the tension that builds as they take their time in that scene i thought was phenomenal um absolutely it it felt like sorry it felt like five minutes but then Mm -hmm. i mean it was so engaged and it was so intense and then the payoff was this brilliant Mm -hmm. comedy you know we're like okay that happens i don't want to spoil it (laughs) spoil it for people that still want to watch barry uh which everybody should it's really good but um Mm. yeah no that's uh i mean like comedy 
it's you know set up and punchline and barry does that yeah like faultless really it's just really great it is and like you say never at the expense of the character i never feel like they're just getting the joke in it's always uh fits 100%. within the character which i love 100 percent. yeah Oh my goodness. I could, I could talk shows with you all day, but I also want I to know. know about you as a comedy um, creator. Cause I know that, like you say, you've created the comics. I know you've also written a comedy drama. You worked in theater. So I'd love you to just pick whichever project you want to uh, speak to and tell us a little bit about the concept behind it and what it was that drew you to it. Why you was like, there's comedy here that I want to dig into. Well, interesting, because I think we're kind of, without even speaking about it or discussing it, kind of developing a theme for our pod episode here, because um, it was back in 2014 where I was approached by a woman that I used to study with, and she was like, listen, I want to produce my first film. Would you write me something? And we wanted to do, back then, there was a push for like more female-led comedies, so we were like, let's do an all-female-led, you know, like a, a something about three sisters, kind of estranged sisters who end up like back home for reasons. That was like the basic bare minimum premise that I was like suggested, that they suggested to me. And I was like, okay, cool, I'll roll with it. And um, it was really fun writing. I wrote it in my, so English is my second language. Um, I wrote it in my first language, which is Afrikaans. Um, but with a lot of, we mix Afrikaans and English a lot also. We are not like purists or anything. So, um, uh, yeah, so I wrote, for instance, and, and this is like maybe a, you know, a tip for people uh, on how you can make something, because it was, it was a dramedy, but it was also like dark comedy vibes, how you can make something that is like dark and serious funny. Because I was like, okay, so we decided they all go back home because mom died. Very simple, very easy plot. Because a lot of it was, again, more character driven. Uh, so it was the characters that really made like the story pop and shine. But yeah, so mom needs to die. So I decided to actually write the first scene where we see mom like standing like on this cliff type edge uh, on top of a quarry. And, you know, she's thinking of this is it. You know, she wants to end things. But then this thing happens and she's like, you know, laughs at herself. Like, what is she even thinking? And then as she goes to walk away, all of a sudden, a falcon drops a turtle on top of her head and she dies. <laughs> so, the next, so the next scene is like the cops finding her out here in the middle of nowhere. And they're like, a turtle? Like, everyone's like, and this one guy's just going on. But yeah, this happens. Like the Falcons are crazy, you know. Like it's just this absurd scene that happens because the mother just died. Um, so yeah, I think that's again like going back to how you subvert, because um, that's like kind of a shocker, but it's one that will instantly make people laugh, and that's you're setting the tone for it's okay. You can laugh in this movie. That's the idea, you know. Um, and yeah, it was fun writing that. It actually got picked up in 2019 right before the pandemic hit and then the pandemic came and it was like uh put on hold production was put on hold at first and then eventually it got shelved like yeah so it it was kind of a bummer i was so excited like yay finally first movie because i've written a couple of screen uh, uh screen uh, screenplays on commission but this was now finally the one that's going to get made and then COVID happened and uh well 
yeah, now I do other things. So it's okay. Maybe one day yeah. still. <laughs> I hope so, because you have me with that concept and that image. <laughs> I mean, that's right? just brilliant. <laughs> it's just yeah. so good. So I really hope it gets made. And Thanks. what is it you think that draws you to absurdity? Because I think I'm also draw- I'm both drawn to things that feel really real and also to absurdity to both. Yeah, 100%. I love that you do too. I love meeting fellow absurdist fans. Um, I actually, when I, I remember when I was in high school and I first learned about absurdism and Beckett and existentialism in general, um, I was very much drawn to it. Um, I've, I've always been a bit of a thinker, you know, I was the, mm. one of those kids that thought a lot. And um, so, uh, yeah, so when I started like doing that and acting too and doing, I love Beckett so much. I used to be such a nerd and call myself a Beckett baby. Um, <laughs> but he's had such an influence on me really and my writing and I just love his work. But yeah, I think um, it's kind of that thing where, you know, you, you question things <laughs> in life and so many things are so contradicting and that's what absurdism is really you know it's like trying to find meaning in a meaningless life and the concept of that is what is absurd but yet we do because what are you you know what are you supposed to do kind of it's winning and happy days it's yeah I, I do um, see life a lot like that what I love about absurdist um works though is that it allows you to laugh at it you know and not Mm. be overly serious and depressed about it Mm. um I mean because that can happen (laughs) depression is around the corner but yeah it it usually those types of works allows you to laugh at it and I think that's a good thing I think we need to do that otherwise good luck to all of us Yeah. And again, I so feel you. I too am quite the thinker and also about all things existential and have been like for as long as I can remember. I am that creepy kid that's like thinking about death and where we come from and all the questions like before is really (laughs) appropriate to just happy conversations. (laughs) But then absurdity creates such a lovely balance the other way like I do call myself like ridiculously serious because I will get so serious and then realize how ridiculous I am and then flip back the other way so it's like the turtle falling from the sky (laughs) so it saves you (laughs) from descending (laughs) exactly it's like the trigger that just pops you back you know and gets you out of the hole of despair (laughs) yeah and also it makes it a lot more enjoyable for me to watch and read because I sometimes I do enjoy really quality drama but sometimes I just find it too much I I feel like I feel too much and it really helps me to have the absurdity to if we're going to look at a funeral am I going to look at grief and all the things I want to watch I would much rather have like a dramedy comedy drama some surrealism some absurdity thrown in 100% you know I think about that one scene in have you seen Garden State you remember Zach Braff's movie Garden State I have um, not no I really oh you have to no. check that out sometime they've got some, it's some interesting scenes like I think it was his first feature film um so it's very indie very experimental back then also it had a whole like controversial thing with a manic pixie dream girl um mm. that was um uh oh no I can't remember her name oh gosh the actress in it I'm blanking Oh, Such don't a worry. famous actress. I, anyway, you'll, we can, yeah, we can look at oh, that. That's embarrassing. <laughs> Just blanking. Anyway, <laughs> um, but they, they, I mean, the movie's not perfect or anything, but 
uh, there's a scene, a funeral scene in it that is so absurd and hilarious and cringe. And like, that's the kind of thing that we love, you know? I mean, mm. nobody wants to watch it. Nobody even likes going to a funeral. Why do I want to watch mm. an all serious, very sad funeral? You know, if it's not like, yeah, very, like, I just don't want to. <laughs> but yeah. give me the funny stuff. Give me the uncomfortable. Someone says or does something very inappropriate. Like, that the one should never do at a funeral. They did it. Give me that. I mean, yeah, it's it's great to watch. I, I also prefer watching those kind of things and something that's just dripping with the melodrama and the, (laughs) I love my melodrama at times, don't get me wrong, but you know what I'm saying. (laughs) I do. I do. And I'd love to ask you about the comic as well, if you don't mind, because I'm, I would say that I am um, quite a beginner reader when it comes to comics and graphic novels, but it's something that I'm starting to read more and appreciate more. And I'm also a beta reader and I'm reading and providing feedback on comics for people but I don't feel equipped to do it because comedy in that genre is a whole kind of different game so I'd love to know when you were writing the comic again it'd be great for us to know a little bit about the concept and also any things that you really learned about craft uh, while you were creating it. Interesting that I didn't really grow we had comics here, but back in the 90s in South Africa, we had the bare minimum, like, you know, uh, in, imports and exports and all of that wasn't what it is today. So we had some, and I remember usually like reading comics when I were at friends' houses because they had the comics. But um, I never really like, I didn't read a lot of comedy comics either, you know? I think like maybe the quirkiest comics that I read was X-Men because I loved X-Men. But um, yeah, what happened is I was working at bunnyears.com and my editor there, after like we closed shop with at the site, my editor emailed a couple of us and said, oh, so like the Trailer Park Boys from Canada want to do a comic about their show, um, who's interested. And I had actually written a local comic before that. Um, that was way more serious. And I kind of said after the first um, edition came out that they should maybe get someone else because I didn't really feel like I wanted to do something that serious in a comic form. So when this happened and it's Shiloh Park Boys and it's like just these fun, again, very character driven because it's all about the characters. I was like, okay, sweet. And I watched, I mean, there's so many, they have so many seasons out. I binge watch so much Shiloh Park Boys to kind of, get into the characters, get into the voices. And because that was the trick, really. And I was surprised that I could, like, you know, uh, uh, do it in a, in a natural way. Um, I actually told my husband, I think it might, my, I have music background, and I think that might have mm-hmm. helped because every character has a certain rhythm. So I could pick up on their rhythms very easily. So when it came, because, I mean, writing a comic is pretty much writing dialogue. Um, you set up the frame, uh, which is the scene, the set, but it's, I mean, it's one frame, you know, so it's like outside car park day. It's as simple as that. And um, then you've got the characters with their dialogue, you know, so it was just getting that rhythm and kind of mimicking to make it sound exactly like them. And that's really the trick with that is if you're doing that, I mean, obviously, like with my first comic, I had to create the characters from scratch so I could do whatever I wanted. but. This was kind of like writing a spec script for an existing TV show that, you know, I don't even know if people still do that. I remember people used to do that a lot. 
back in the day, writing spec scripts and trying to, you know, burst into the industry with those. It's kind of like that. It's just pick up on the characters and you learn a lot. You learn why this guy is funny because he actually talks very funny or like in a staccato, unnatural kind of way that is hysterical. Or this guy actually just grunts the whole time and that's what makes him funny. And those little things that adds to the comedy and adds to the characters and just nailing that. Yeah, that was fun. Like, I, I enjoyed that. The story that I wrote was wild. The guys basically, because they do a lot of, they smoke a lot of weed and they do a lot of shrews. And they basically started tripping and seeing little garden gnomes come to life. And it was hysterical. Yeah, very proud of that one. <laughs> yeah, so you should be. I love the sound of that. And I love um, thinking about the different rhythms of the characters. That's like a really great uh, bit of practical advice that is so easy to forget. And when you're thinking about creating characters from scratch, the ones that you have in your head, whether it was for your film or for other projects that we may not have discussed, are there, do you have any favorite go-tos for creating comedies, com- comedy characters from scratch? I think, yeah, for me, it's always like, I like finding a character's vice, first and foremost. Mm. I think if you can find your character's vice, it just unfolds, really. Because I think that's what makes people the most interesting. Like, you know, it it also, because what we do with our vices a lot of the times is we, we hide them, so you pretend. But that's the way you pretend, kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's countering that. So... I think vices inform a lot of that and you can find a lot of comedy in there uh, because, you know, it's also a source that can be embarrassing or like make people do silly random things or you get what I'm saying. Like, yeah. So I I like, yeah, thinking about what is this character, what would this character not want anybody to know about them? And that usually is, yeah, a good source for some comedy to just naturally happen. That's genius. I've never heard anyone give that advice before. And it's so good (laughs) because it sounds so fun. So I'm literally going to go back through my novel and all the characters in it. And when I write short stories and ask that question, because it's really fun. I love that. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. That's genius. Try that. I like it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. And do you have any um, particular settings? that just really like tickle your fancy when it comes to comedy that if you had like an unlimited budget you didn't have to worry about the constraints of the film or the series that you're like I would totally set my piece there wow I love carnivals carnivals it's such a weird place because just so many things can happen there and it's so vibey and I think people's energies are just automatically kind of lifted you know yeah I think maybe like that but also it's actually I've never thought of this question I don't think I have a specific like oh I would love to do that there but I yeah I mean the carnival just came to mind now yeah but that but that's brilliant because again I think everything's like you say slightly amplified slightly off kilter and if we combine carnival with people's vices now my goodness it's gonna be chaos I love it (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Yeah. We're starting to get ideas here. I love it. Yes. I love it. And um, I'd love to know if there's any particular comedy writers who you really love, just because I think often they don't 
they don't really get enough credit. I've got a few, for example, I really love um, Georgia Pritchett, who writes on Succession. I think she's wonderful. I love um, trying to find out which scene she's written. Like, for example, she wrote the scene um, where they're in, um, they've kind of been sealed into the not so good safe room. And uh, it's with Greg and the water bottles. It doesn't matter if you haven't seen the scene, but it's just so funny. And she wrote that. So I think she's amazing. And also really love, she's written a, a brilliant memoir that isn't like any other memoir that I've read. It's like lots of short little scenes that build up throughout her life. And it's just genius and heartbreaking and funny. So okay. I, I think she's she's a writer that I really admire. Are there any particular comedy writers that you really admire and love? It's funny that you mentioned her because, yeah, that was the first person I thought of. Like, I mean, oh. I just love the writing on that show. It's it's really, if I think of comedy writers now, I think of that because it's just so good. But, yeah, honestly, um, I actually have more horror favorite writers than Oh, comedy. do you? No, tell us. It could be horror as well. I just like to give a shout out to some writers. Who do you like? But, um, yeah, horror? listen, like from a literature point of view, I mean, yeah. I when I discovered Terry Pratchett in my 20s, I was a goner. Mm. I was done for. I absolutely just love his like silly kind of absurdist uh, 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 humor that he uses. I mean, it, mm. it's so fun. And again, that's the kind of thing that I enjoy, you know, it's not bashing you, like bashing you over the head for trying to be too clever or anything. It's just mm. fun, but still like saying a lot of things, you know? Um, yeah. And then horror, oh, I'm a boring nerd who really just thinks Stephen King is that good. I recently read yeah. If That Bleeds all his short stories oh. so good I haven't so read good. that do yourself a favor Just... if it bleeds it's four short stories uh one is actually more like a novella um mm. it's just four they're four completely different stories I, I I full disclosure I cried so much in one of them it was so good I was like Stephen King what are you doing getting all sorts of metal on me now oh. it was just amazing <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think, um, yeah, I read so much with my crack job. Like I, yeah. you know, it's a lot of research that we do with mm. like that kind of you know, online blogging journalism type of stuff. So I just read a lot of things. I honestly can't even tell you half of the people that I read because <laughs> I'm terrible no, with remembering sure. names, but I've, I'll always, if I read a good article, I'll always remember that article. So like, you know, mm. I can think about it and go search it and send it to someone that I w wanted to read or whatever. But, um, yeah, now you're right though. Comedy writers should get more, more prep. I should yeah. also be giving them more prep. <laughs> oh, no, that, but that's great. And, but that's a lovely recommendation for me. Thank you. Cause I'm doing, um, the Raid Bradbury 1000 nights challenge at the minute. I think I'm on like night 189 or something where you read a poem, nice. a short story and an essay. So I'm like, oh, I am totally going to get that Stephen King book and read those four short stories. Nice. So thank you. I hope, I hope yes. you enjoy it. It's not too scary. Yeah. Well, it's good for me to be a little bit scared and I, I can manage a bit better in fiction because I can kind of pull it away yes. and cover it up and a bit easier than trying to watch through my fingers <laughs> so exactly exactly <laughs> and I, I would love to talk to you for hours but I'm just going to ask you one more sort of craft industry-based question and then we'll wrap up with a little bit of advice and where to find you but in terms of um craft I would just love to know for 
other people who would be interested in the kind of job that you have at crack.com that you've mentioned how much research that you do and how many things you have to watch. And I love your pieces because they are so great on analysis. Like they're really joyful and fun to read, but they are really smart. Like they take things that I kind of half think about and make them much more coherent and give me more things to check out, but I can see the amount of work that goes into them. So I'd love to know, like from when you started with that kind of work to where you are now, what do you think's helped you improve? And um, what advice might you have for someone who thinks, oh, I'd like to give that a shot. I would like to try writing articles about comedy. Honestly, again, It's the same thing that most people will tell you. Read, 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 read. Don't stop reading. Read as much as you can. If you want to go into comedy writing, read comedy writing. If you want to, like, if it helps if if you get the more specific you get almost, you know, because then Mm. it actually makes Mm -hmm. it easier Um, because with comedy, it's so broad. I mean, every day we're trying to figure out it cracked. Okay, what is hitting right now? What do people... Now, sometimes there'll be properties that we think, oh, people will love this. Ted Lasso, new season just came mm. out. But for some reason, people aren't really like, you know, clicking on the articles, which is always mm. fascinating to kind of, you know, get a gauge on our readers and stuff. But um, yeah, that's the thing about if it's just comedy and it's a very broad, like, you know, um, theme basically that you're going for. But yeah, just read everything because that not only gives you confidence, but you learn just a lot and you find your own voice. I mean, it's Mm. obviously you find your own voice when you're writing too, but it all happens when you read. That's where it starts because you're like, oh, I like this or, oh, I would say it a different way. That's good. It's like the same, you know, advice that people always say, read bad stuff too, (laughs) you know, see what doesn't work and why, because that is how you learn and basically, you know, become self-taught in all of that because it's really just at the end of the day, I mean, thank you so much for the compliments. I love that you like love my stuff, but you know, it's just my opinions. It's just how I think about things. And like, it's, it's sometimes daunting because I would not at all say that I'm an expert and I know everything and everything I say is right. Cause it's not, but yeah, you kind of have to be brave with, you know, coming out and saying something mm. or doing an analysis on something and giving your point of view on it. And so, yeah, that's also, I, th- I guess, another good tip is try and, you know, if you read something, what is your point of view on it? Do you have a different point of view on it? Because that's always the key to, obviously, we don't want to read the same article a hundred times written by a hundred different people, but it's really just the same thing. You want to read from like a different point of view. So if you can find your own, yeah, then, you know, go for it. Try it out. Uh, pitch to places that are taking submissions. Don't pitch to places who aren't. <laughs> they will not yeah. like it. But, uh, you know, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think a lot of writing comes down to courage. Um, mm. I mean, it's something that I have struggled a lot with. I've had imposter syndrome for a very long time until I realized, yeah, I need to get over that now. Um, and, yeah, I mean, and you do. You just keep pushing. And, yeah, I mean, you get to a point where you don't even really think about it anymore. I did a Jesse Plemons article today for Cracked. I wrote one that's coming out um, in two days. And just about five times, Jesse Plemons showed up and made everything better. Um, And just about his fantastic performances. And I wrote it in like an hour, hour, 15 minutes. And I mean, it was just so easy because you get used to it. Later on, you don't really have to think about it. You're just writing your own opinion and the form, the format comes on its own because you're kind of used to it. And, 
yeah, you just keep cracking at it until you feel comfortable, I guess. I think there's so much good advice in there. And um, it's so helpful what you're saying about point of view and being brave about your opinion, because I do think it is what really separates it out. Because there's so many articles that we come across on social media and so many that will scroll past or so many that we'll read, but won't really stick with us. But that's what separates yours out. Because again, when I'm like, I just have such strong responses to them. I'm like, this is a real person. (laughs) This is great. Like I end up, uh, (laughs) which is great. Like you feel like you can connect. And if you weren't being so brave and clear about your opinion and I really respect that you do and I'd respect if there was one that I disagreed with as well I'd be like no but I would love it just as much it's it's evoking that response um but in a lovely thoughtful way and you make it look so easy because it's so fun to read but like I say I I write too and I know it's not (laughs) so I love your bravery so well done thank you thank you I love to hear it Yeah. And for people, um, you must go and check out Sanandi's work. Where can we, where's the best place to connect with you and find you? I think the best place is uh, for now still until it dies, Twitter. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Find me at Sanandi at Twitter. Um, I I share all my work there. It's definitely the easiest place. Um, I'll, yeah, I'll be on Crack's front page every other day of the week. But yeah, Twitter, Twitter is where I usually do some self-promotion even though I hate it but as a writer in this economy you got it so yeah um Twitter Twitter is a good place it's where we found each other that's awesome yes so that's why it's so great it does it does have some good things and absolutely I will be sure to put your Twitter link in the show notes and also I will link to some of the crack.com articles that you've written that I just love they're so smart and so fun and so helpful thank you so much it's such fun talking to you you're awesome it was yeah we should do this again we'll circle yes. back when you've done like after a year you circle back to the people like so are we doing yeah. now and then we'll have another chat about all the great comedies 100 percent. that's a great idea let's do that thank you <laughs> thanks danielle <laughs>